Hi everyone, David here. Rather than do a lovely funny cold open or something like that, I do need to stress that there is a little content warning here. We are going to go into some details about people's lived experiences with the Department of Work and Pensions and the general hell that is being on benefits in modern Britain. So if that is something that might you know, set you off a little bit, bring up the hackles, feel free to miss this one out, we won't judge you for it at all. Um, there's also a bunch of links in the show notes if this is something that you are possibly struggling with or you know someone who is struggling with it. Alright, um, we did try and keep the episode quite light, so don't just switch off if it's not going to be your cup of tea. But um, yeah, give it a go if you can, um, and anything that you learn, please pass it on. Alright, on to the show. We won't lift you out of poverty by simply transferring taxpayers' money to you. With our help, I say to them, you will work your way out of poverty. That is the pledge that we make to those who need our support. Well, I would say, in answer to that question, judge us on our record. On our record, we have... <laughs> <laughs> The Tories have created a hostile environment for disabled people. These are human consequences of a Tory government that puts tax cuts for the wealthy ahead of care for the disabled people of our society. All right, uh, welcome to Podcasting is Praxis, a uh, collective cooperative podcast by a bunch of people from the internet. Uh, we've got a rotating cast. My name's Elijah. I was on the first episode, but I was not on the second one. And uh, let's let's just go around, uh, top to bottom, and let the other people here tonight introduce themselves. So, oh, that's me. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yes. Hi, I'm I'm uh, David Scott. I go by Captain Fargal. Um, I they've asked me on here because of my because of the subjects we'll be discussing tonight and my extensive history with them. I am, I'm an autistic man who has been on benefits his entire life, and they've asked me here to talk about it. Yeah, I am your resident vile stranger. Uh, my name's Robert, and I work in Brussels. Woo! Oh, shit, uh-huh. man on the Thanks, inside. Brussels. I'm <laughs> <laughs> elected bureaucrat. That's exactly what I am, and I'm you know, very unhappy that you are all trying to escape my clawed hands. <laughs> uh, Xander here, the worst one from the first one. Uh, <laughs> well, <laughs> I know. Hi, I'm Natalie. I'm a girl, so that's cool. We did it! Woo! <laughs> Diversity! I know. I was thinking if we really want to push the boat out, I could maybe have some thoughts and opinions at some point. Maybe? Oh, I don't think we can, that's going too far to feed oh, an agency, okay. I think. Okay, okay. I'll, I'll <laughs> well, stay in my box. Stay in my box. We can reassess maybe if a, a specific topic comes up, you know, like kitchenware or, or Oh, oh. Love a good Tupperware, me. Yeah, Love it. <laughs> right. Well, that I was, am sorry. missing GBBO for this, so, you know. <laughs> so, in the last episodes, we wanted to discuss a bunch of cool topics like the amazon or you know some interesting ideological bents of the you know modern british politics we've been fucked over for that because we've just basically had to talk about the absolute insanity that's been happening in the uk over the past sort of two three weeks 
happily enough, that seems to have cooled down a little bit because the parliament. That's not happy. <laughs> <laughs> this has been this has been the best week in ages. <laughs> I Sorry, like, we've, st- we've there was a grin some... on my face that just would not leave. It was hurting. I know. Uh, that's fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> we've still got some entertaining stuff, I think, out of the news. Yeah, well, yeah, it's happy. Yeah, highs and lows, and sort of predictable lows and surprising highs. It's not. It's there. Are, there are, exist reasons to be cheerful for, but we can probably stretch out for five, six weeks. I mean, I'll be honest with you. I'm actually quite happy myself that that Parliament is now closed. It's it's prorogued. It's it's all fucked off. That's it. It's done. I was getting really tired following. It was it was wearing on my soul, like just 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 absolutely completely exhausting state of being. <laughs> yeah, um, like, I went to bed at two a.m. last for. week, and I was just my yeah. girlfriend, Kate, my fiance, was like, "Why are you still up?" And I'm just like, "I'm watching the House of Commons live voting on Brexit things," <laughs> and she just, I don't know, I shan't repeat the word she used. <laughs> Well, I mean, the easiest way around that is to, of course, point out to her that uh, we live in magical times because politicians turn into chickens. They do. Kiss poor non-grilled chickens. Ch- chickens which are also people and restaurants. I was just, I was, and, I was online. Yeah. I was just browsing the shit, and all of a sudden, this image pops up of Jeremy Corbyn wearing a chicken suit, and it took me a few minutes to realise what the fuck it was in reference. To. It's that weird photo where he's. He's sitting like empty in a room, like sort of a, a boxer who's just been having had his head kicked in, and he's wearing a chicken outfit. I'm just like, what's going on? Have sympathy for him. He's clearly just been fired from his job as a chicken mascot. <laughs> and then, and then it was followed up by them by someone in the fucking Tory HQ sending like not even grilled chicken, but like really like white, nasty, cold bits of raw chicken. It was, it was, it was chicken rare. The problem. <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was rare chicken fillets. They didn't commit. It would have been cheaper to actually get KFC. <laughs> I don't know about that. Aye, but the Tories are very good at getting things at exploitative rates. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. And apparently, but this was according to uh, uh, Owen Jones's uh, Twitter, at least, that it was a stunt that's been cooked up because the new sort of, I don't know, social media stunt manager for the Tories is some woman they hired from Turning Point UK. Yes. Yeah, I, I hope that's true. I fucking hope that's true i would love that please oh my god can we get like brain genius charlie kirk level hot takes in the mainstream political discourse in the uk i mean well, they've, they've been around for a year now like they have really weird funding but turning point uk does exist they have been around for a while but there's still a level that we haven't surpassed yet right where you don't turn on the bbc and you and and, and have people um saying outright if if there's no bias against conservatives at university, how come they all get bad grades? Um, <laughs> you know, with the incredible shrinking face. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, would, uh... I mean, we shan't dive too much into this digression, I think, but there was no. that thing. The, the, they had another not Turning Point UK that was last year, two years ago, where they kept fighting and stealing the Twitter handle off each other. 
No, that was activate. That's completely different. Uh, oh. but it, that was very entertaining. I, th I think it happened to Turning Point UK as well, though. Turning Point Almost tried certainly. to launch a UK thing. Oh, yes! They... Everyone set up fake accounts. <laughs> <laughs> Which was really funny. But anyway, mm. um, yeah, so if these people are in charge of these chicken memes, or <laughs> these hit campaigns against Jeremy Corbyn, look at him, he's dressed like a chicken. Um, a badass chicken, though. He looks like Mike Ehrmantraut. <laughs> My, yeah. My question to you is, are, do you actually know why they were calling Corbyn a chicken? What I was do. the purpose? Well, what was the accusation? What was he chicken about? You, you, that... could, you, could, you could do Have I Got News For You, you know. <laughs> You're just sort of egging us out, getting, getting it out of us, bit by bit. But no, he, he's obvious, obviously, because he's the leader of the opposition, he's been arguing for a general election to break uh, the deadlock over Brexit and over a great deal of other things um, for, for ages now. And obviously... Uh, having just sacked 21 of his own uh, MPs from the, the Tory whip, uh, but he, he wants uh, a... He, it now suits Boris to have a general election. And uh, Corbyn, and I, and I agree with him on this, uh, turned that down saying we need to guarantee that there's no, no deal Brexit. Okay, so the chicken accusation was Which is not funny. to him being afraid to run for a G. That was that's the yes, attempted yes. smear line there. Okay. Yes, and See, it was intended to goad him and all the other opposition into you know giving Boris exactly what he wants for his birthday. Yeah, because because goading Corbyn's worked in the past. Can I just point out that when he called him a chicken, he didn't just call him a chicken. He specifically oh, yes. called him yes. a coronated chicken. As he's <laughs> celebrating this wonderful putrid meat that is going to come to us from America is somehow some big win. He, he thought that he could, because he had those two things in his mind, he thought, oh, if I join them together, that's satire. Yes, <laughs> it's, it's an attempted projection as well because Corbyn's not the person getting the coronated chickens over. That'll be on Johnson or whoever. No, but it won't be him either. But I think this well. may, may be more, more next week's thing. But I do really want to, you know, give a shout out to a bunch of people who've worked, you know, really very hard and have, you know, deserved all the credit heaped upon them. And that's Gavin Barwell and Jeffrey Boycott. Mm. Yes. Oh, fuck off. Oh, <laughs> fuck off. <laughs> Because, you know, after having failed spectacularly and miserably in guiding Theresa May to her early grave, uh, they're now being knighted and honoured for their services to the United Kingdom and all of the people residing in it, which is entirely fair oh, and good. <laughs> should say that at the time of recording, Theresa May is not dead. Uh, if she's died in, in the interim, that, that's not on that's us. That's wonderful. In the interim, that means the Tories have lost another MP this week. <laughs> <laughs> so for those of us who don't necessarily follow uh the, the ongoing day-to-day -day lives of of everyone in the house of commons can you explain who these people are and what they did uh, isn't Gavin jeffrey Bar boycott a cricketer professional cunts that's what <laughs> well, they were both professional cunts this is true um gavin barwell was i believe um Theresa may's latter chief of staff other, after mm -hmm. she had to sack the terrible twins. Um, and I, I can't fucking remember who Jeffrey Boycott was because honestly, I can't, my brain is only able to remember so I, much of this. I can't, I, I, I can't deal with cricket at all. I gather he's sort <laughs> of a Floyd Mayweather figure in, in cricket that he was just 
incredibly effective, but also painfully dull to watch. So question, what's that got to do with Theresa May? Ah. Theresa May's entire tenure was just so incredibly uh, fracassed and dull and a a, a whirlwind of her, her own, you know, black hole of charisma and void of personality that I have no idea who these people are. I've never had an idea who these people were. Um, but apparently they're really, really, really fucking bad. And I believe that, mm. absolutely. They're very, they're very bad people. Gavin you- Barwell has um, significant responsibility for Grenfell on his hands. Mm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah actually, he does, actually. block the legislation that might have prevented it, right? Yeah, that yes. was him. Mm-hmm. Right. So and he you know, clearly uh, deserves honours. So May has given her terrible, terrible staff honours, despite having previously uh, lambasted David Cameron for doing the same thing. Exactly. Um, because, you know, nepotism is only, well, it's not really nepotism, but uh, uh, bribery and personal favours is only bad when someone else does it, right? It's just <laughs> right, okay, let's, let's swiftly moving on. Uh... The other sort of kind of news to gloss over today because it's the Lib Dems and they're never really that important. So we'll just spend a little bit of time on it uh, is the fact that Joe Swinson's new strategy is to go for full revoke and full remain. So not even the people's vote approach anymore, but just a full straight up. Let's rip it up and toss it out. Uh, yeah. What are any thoughts on this? Do you think she'd, she'd actually go through with it if she ever got to empty promises her? because she knows she's irrelevant? They've they've spoken to the manager. They're very serious, and this time they've got a gift voucher to take back to Brussels, and you know, they're <laughs> gonna use it. <laughs> There's one thing I'd like to point out because I saw this news and I was like, that sounds weird. So I went to check it on the BBC and I could not find a single thing on the BBC's website saying that the Lib Dems have gone full revoke. So either you guys have got some bad information or this is so unimportant that it doesn't even register. I it's it's it her trying to shore up her own collapsing support base after letting Philip Lee in. Mm. Mm. Yeah, because a bunch because of that LGBT... that pissed a lot of people off. Yeah, because yeah, he's a prick. a lot, folk. Well, he's a Tory. <laughs> this, this is more and more the distinction between Tory and Lib... I mean, we've been saying this for a while, but the pretense is dying now. Yeah. I think we should actually clarify, like, why he is a prick and what he did. He's massively opposed to LGBTQ plus people having rights or partners or an existence. Yes, and there was the thing with, um, he said something about HIV, positive people don't deserve treatment. No, it was hepatitis. It was hepatitis, hepatitis, not HIV. I I read HIV. But he was saying that that people should be checked as, as they immigrate here. Uh, for hepatitis and HIV, and and just simply turn back if they have them. Yeah, and that was and that was he later clarified that by saying, no, this is actually to protect our own LGBT plus people because if they come in contact with dirty, diseased foreigners, then they will get sick. Yeah, I mean, because obviously the moment they lay eyes on each other, that's going to happen. So, and obviously HIV is a virus that only affects gay people, and you know you'd never see a straight person who gets HIV. So, what do we think about the plan to revoke Article Fifty? Do we think it might <laughs> split the Remain vote? No, let's think tactically here for a minute. 
the thing about split the remain vote? Is it nothing to worry about? Is it a shit bluff? Is it, you know, is it smart? Is it's it a not? shit is bluff. It... It's a load of hot air. Yeah, um, I mean, obviously, they'll never be in a position to do it. <sighs> sure. No. But yeah. they might but pull they were... a whole bunch of, you know, central London fuppies that otherwise might vote Labour into it and then split a couple of... I don't yeah. think so. I think it's only going to pull remain Tories in. I know, I could see it, I could see it, like, pulling in Remain more, like, left-wing types. Um, It would depend on how the election, like, campaigning went, and if Brexit was the focus, or if, like, last time they were able to bring domestic kind of issues to the forefront. Because if Labour does that, then, you know, it's not an issue. But if it is just Brexit and Labour are still doing the, you know, nuanced option, then that would definitely appeal to someone, sadly. Um, I think the the only people voting Lib Dem at this point wouldn't ever vote Labour anyway. I don't think I'm not sure about that. I don't think that's the case. I think there's definitely people who uh, are not as as cynical or as aware enough, because those are pretty much interchangeable at this point. You mean Guardian readers? Yeah, well... Mm. People who either don't know enough or or, or aren't canny enough to, to be as distrustful of the Lib Dems as yeah. or young people be. as well. Like if you yeah. are somebody who is under the age of twenty five, you weren't really engaged with politics at the start of the coalition when they, you know, last fucked everyone over. You might not remember two thousand ten at all. Hell, I barely remember two thousand ten. Uh, not because I'm young, because I drink too much. Um, <laughs> But, uh, yeah, so if they end up in a kingmaker position again, does anyone have any any belief that they wouldn't just go back into coalition with the Tories, no matter what the position Oh, uh, absolutely. Oh, that's yeah. what they're angling for now. Absolutely. Yes. So we it's can re- Swenson. It, it is Swenson. We can remind people that they've multiple times stated explicitly that they would not work with Labour under any all. circumstance, under just, any circumstance, just, just not because Corbyn is—I don't know—he's—he's he's bad. Corbyn because is bad. Joe Swinson is a Tory. She has voted mm-hmm. with the Tory whip more times than Michael Gove, <laughs> Boris yes, Johnson, or Saeed yes. Javid. Yes, and Jeremy Hunt. Yeah, that was the one that I learned to vote. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, all right. Um, so we've got one more news story to cover. How many MPs is that that are now no longer Tories? Twenty-four. Oh, twenty-four. Twenty-four. Congratulations. Strong leadership, <laughs> strong and stable leadership in the national interest. That is wonderful. So the first twenty-one, those were the big rebels there, that group? Yep. No, no, they're they're the first one was Philip Lee. Mm. Right, yeah, yeah. He crossed the Followed by twenty-one uh Whip withdrawn over the vote, this and that was the vote for uh, making it a law to to extend, right? Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. no. It was to the, discuss the whether we would have over that the, vote. Mm. Yeah, yeah, the whip got revoked over the standing order twenty over the stand over the standing right. order. Yeah, and then we had a couple more rebels and a couple of resignations, including Joe Johnson. And yeah. uh, the one I've been waiting to make this pun for, there is a nation that leaves the Tory party rudderless. Hey! Oh. 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 That's it, guys. We're done. This podcast is finished. 
right, I'm run. going home. Bye. That's it. Amber Rudd has resigned. No, <laughs> not Amber Rudd. Absolutely. Would someone like to run us through Amber Rudd's greatest hits? I'm trying. Uh, there's a there's a word here I want to use, and I, then suddenly I'm talking about a woman, and it's like. Is that still okay? Um, well, I'm a woman, so I yeah. feel qualified in saying that she is a vapid waste of oxygen. Okay. <laughs> that's not the word I was going to I use, but that's... I think it was, but that's, that's fine. We can leave it there. Yeah. Um, yeah. Amber she's not desperately remarkable. No, but she's been this sort of floating, noxious presence of, like, weird Tory cloud... Yeah, for, 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 our weekly, she... for our weekly terrible Harry Potter jokes, she is the Dementor in the background. Oh, do we have to? <laughs> just one <laughs> of centrist that's no, no. the books. It I... is just, it is a reflex at this point where you just go read another book. I will fucking like yell at someone if this keeps going on. <laughs> can, we can do a Game of Thrones um, reference next week, it's fine. Yeah, she was uh, married to A.A. A. Gill for five years. I think they both deserved longer. <laughs> Who's that now? <laughs> you, don't, you don't know A.A. A. Gill? He shot a baboon for no reason. Oh, God. What? I think he wanted. He, he said he wanted to know what it was like to kill a man, so he shot a baboon. Oh, oh my God. That's great. That's, that's yeah. So, yeah, Amber Rudd has been this just floating cloud of uh, thick... A little bit... A bit of idiocy, a bit of evil, a bit of everything sort of mixed together to to, to form the perfect, you know, um, Tory energy, the sort of avatar of, <laughs> of the Yeah, Tories. she was one of the people who taught the uh, the Orgreave uh, widows and families that they were not going to open an inquiry because, you know, it's not really necessary because what happened there was just fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, of course, it all came to a head when she oversaw possibly one of the biggest scandals um, or one of the biggest ethical failings of the UK, um, which is the unlawful deportation and detention of asylum seekers and then, of course, the Windrush scandal. Which the Windrush thing was very much her just taking the fall for May's fuck-ups. Yeah. Yes. yes. But still. I mean, as, as Home Secretary, yeah. she did really... Did, I mean, it's the same as uh, uh, on the brief she just left, that she really just uh, continued the desperately shit policies of the peoples that preceded her in uh, in work and pensions. It was IDS and with uh, the Home Secretary spot with, from May. Yeah, and clearly knew about the targets for removal of these poor people and just signed it off and said, we should do it faster yeah. and we should exceed our targets and then, I don't know, people get a bigger Christmas hamper. Hmm. I'll remind you that she's just resigned from the cabinet and the party over Brexit. But oh, she no. only resigned <laughs> as Home Secretary with, as she put it, her justification was that she had inadvertently misled the Home Affairs Select Committee on the issue of illegal immigration. She showed no actual remorse for having been part of the party that did the Woodrow scandal, whether or not she was personally at fault for it, or just covering up for Theresa May, she showed no remorse. She took the fall. She did. She 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 helped keep the PM in power, who had actually launched the whole thing. But she's a lying liar who fucking lies. Brexit. <laughs> that's too much. That's a moral line you can't cross. Now, I think Brexit like, is awful. I think it's a it's 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 a, it's a very big moral failing as well. 
but I'm not sure if it's quite as bad as the Windrush scandal. I don't think it's quite as bad as just... It will be that bad if Boris gets his way. It will but... be, but at the moment... I don't no. know. Boris no. isn't getting his way. And she's also not like responsible for Brexit the same way she was responsible for Rindwash. Well, she was also responsible for uh, the austerity, which uh, obviously the UN reported on uh, blaming 130,000 deaths upon it. And she didn't think that was anything worth standing down over. Yeah. And then the UN report um, also just saying that austerity was a big uh, human humanitarian crisis as well. A human rights abuse, I believe. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's Didn't she one. say something just along the lines of, oh, the UN should keep its nose out of our business and we're doing fine, and he didn't listen to the perfectly reasonable things that I was saying, uh, and he should have. It was something like that. I, I can't remember the details. It's I, not I, worth I, remembering much of what she says. I just I filter so much out of of it I, at this point. It's just big long just screed of oh fuck off fuck off fuck off fuck off fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> it is the only way to stay sane. Very true. Uh, Shall we talk about the person who's replacing her at the DWP? No. What's that? Is it Teresa Coffee? I believe it's Teresa Teresa Co- Coffee. Yeah, it's I'm not, Therese, I'm not Therese. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm not sure how to pronounce it. I don't care to find out. Uh, <laughs> it's a distinction that seems to be tripping a lot of people up this mm. week. I, I mean, see how long she stays there. I mean, she, maybe like a month, if that, I guess. <laughs> um, yeah, but, a lot can happen. Yeah. Um, but she is, um, she's got her own mini scandal brewing already before she's even stepped into the job. Um, there was the thing with the fixed odds betting terminals where she was very much going after gambling agencies trying to get these fixed odds betting terminals like reduced to have a sit, like set limit in terms of how much you could enter. And then they took her out for a nice little dinner. Yeah, wine her and, and the horse races. That's for one, yeah. yes. And uh, yeah, she uh, completely stopped caring after that point. Day at the races. Oh my God. You know, it's always, even though I should be well in Utah at this point, it is always completely astonishing by just how little principle and how little spine these people actually have. It's, it's, it's just it's, shit it's, all the way down. You would think, you know, at some point you might think... It, even cynically, maybe they try not to be too bloody obvious about it. <laughs> um, but no, just not even happening. I, I think in a way that they do have a spine. It's just that the spine is for being as awful as possible. <laughs> They'll stand up for that. I mean, if if there was any danger in standing up for that. <laughs> right, well, that's the um, that's the current DWP chief, so we can expect things there to continue on as usual. Not that she'll get much chance to <laughs> implement anything at all. Yeah. Well, not for the next <laughs> five weeks. Yeah. But I think kind of like it really kind of brings up something that we wanted to highlight this week, which is just the fucking abysmal state that the DWP is in and has been in for a very long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's hmm. For a very long time. Yeah. It's it's horrible and I just The reason I the reason I live with my housemate 
is because he got fucked over when he was living in Wales so hard by the DWP. If I hadn't um, gone over there and bought him a ferry ticket to come and stay with us in Northern Ireland, he would have been out in the street. And that's not uncommon. That's like... You know, we're seeing stories so often over the last. Yeah, few I know years. it's not uncommon, and that's. And sorry, I, yeah, I, I don't mean to diminish what you're going through uh, at all. No, I, I, I'm not. You're not diminishing. I'm just saying it's. I know it's not uncommon. The fact that I'm saying this story isn't to try and highlight that it's something strange or weird. This is very common, and that's even more of a problem than. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's... No, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, yeah, and I think, you know, that's co- the complete opposite system of what a welfare system should be, isn't it? Exactly, yes. Yeah. Um, the whole point of it should be is, should be to provide help for anyone and everyone who needs it. Exactly. Yeah, it, yeah kind of like looking after the most you know, sick and vulnerable yeah. people yeah. in society. Without exception. That, yeah. that honestly, after the Victorian time where we just let people die because we could, and after the world wars that we said, everybody has a right to a decent life. Everybody has a right to subsistence. Everybody has a right to shelter. And we are now an advanced industrial society. There is money that can be transferred from people who honestly don't need it to people who desperately do. And that that should be a right because that is what makes us human beings, essentially. Yeah. Yeah, but it wasn't it wasn't the Vidornier that did that. It was the devastation of World War Two yeah. that did that. And part of it was that we stole a load of money from the rest of the Empire in order to set up our welfare state. And that it's like even even our even our even from the get go, our ideals about the welfare state were a bit hypocritical. Because it didn't include anyone outside of the mainland UK. Yeah, that's very fair. So this this attitude isn't new. This isn't come out of nowhere. This isn't sudden. Yeah, I mean, you know, I was looking at when we were researching for this episode in terms of, you know, how different welfare states are modelled in Europe. And the UK has one of the worst in Europe. Um, for looking after people and the amount of kind of money that you can receive, the amount of care that you can receive from the government. Um, it's just completely shoddy, which is disgusting. Um, it, sorry. It's horrific. It wasn't yeah. always like that, though. This is this is a thing that really starts happening in the 80s, isn't it? This, um, uh, this counter-react... This reaction from the moneyed classes, from the corporate classes against the welfare system or the welfare state movement of the um, late 40s, 50s and 60s. It's not new. It's just that they, that was, they were able to use Thatcher to make their complaints effective. That's it. You've got the normalization of, of, of that kind of thinking in term, in, in political terms. Yeah, Enter the Overton window. So are we saying yeah. that this is all the boomers' fault? And then the well, not just because no, you also have no. the you also have the normalization across the board between the left and right spectrums with yeah. the the Clinton and the Blair eras, where the left wing 
the nominally left wing who should be standing up for these issues, who, who should be taking this kind of fight to the moneyed classes and defending things like the welfare state and defending the, 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 the well-being of the vulnerable adopt the same talking points and the same lines and it is yeah, all, all sort of in an effort to, to to capture the centrist melty middle ground where we were supposed to all supposed to be because we're now hard-working individuals in the you know post end of history bullshit yeah thank you that was what <laughs> yeah. the amount of scandal of people you know cases of people with cancer being declared you can go to work People with full disability with no use of their, no functional use of their limbs being told, no, you're fine to go to work. You know, people people who are literally starving to death. death. Yeah. Do you did you guys um see the photo that went round like viral on social media of that one really emaciated guy who was yes. sitting in hospital who'd been declared fit for work, which yes. that, yes. Ma- yes. that made my blood boil. Like. There's oh. actually several stories like that, like was, a man crippled with cancer or The or, guy or literally died, who died because he couldn't refrigerate his insulin. Yeah. I've seen, the photo, I've seen that photo of the emaciated fella quite a few times, and every time I see it, I expect to hear Sarah McLaughlin playing. It looks like one of those <laughs> sort of charity uh, ads for... Uh, you know, a, a, yeah, yeah, it's some, like some Bono shit show bomb, for, for yeah. Africa. Bomb to shit war ground, you know, like a complete famine situation, not the sixth or seventh richest economy on the planet. No, and that I poor woman really... who set herself on fire in the benefits office. Aren't there multiple reports mm. of people doing that? There's a lot of there's a lot of people who have been driven to suicide over this. Yeah, mm. yeah, especially you know the universal credit. And all of the issues with that rollout, that has been, you know, hell on people. Yeah. It has, yes. And it's been designed from the ground up by Ian Duncan Smith to be hell. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, it's... this has to be, this really should be clear for everyone. Uh, we're absolutely in a situation where it's not like it's just underfunded or fallen apart because of accidents or mistakes or a general sort of uh, recession knock-on effect. Yeah, it it's not one bad apple. Yeah. Yes, it yeah. Is, it's been designed to be the worst type of catch-22 um, imaginable. And this exit works on the larger scale and the smaller scale. And for the smaller scale, we've all heard the stories and we've heard the testimonies and we've seen the interviews of people who um, were were sanctioned because they didn't turn up to an interview because the interview was moved six hours earlier, but they were only told about it by text three hours earlier, you know, or, yeah. or, or the person who was yeah. sanctioned because he had a heart attack on the bus getting to the job center um, and, and, and then couldn't collect his disability benefits for his heart condition because yeah. he had a heart problem on the way to the station. Yeah. That's the microcosm, but that's the, yeah. that's the model for the whole yeah. Entire system. Yeah. Yeah. It's and very the, much the term was the term was used specifically for immigration, but it applies equally to the benefit system, and that is the hostile environment. That's yeah. exactly right. Absolutely. Yeah. And there is no such thing as the individual. Everybody's the same person. You, f- you everybody fits on the checklist. Everybody fits no, on the questionnaire. No, it's not even that. It's not even that. It is deliberately and actively malicious. 
yeah. designed to be punitive towards the poor and the vulnerable. Yeah, it is it, what we're talking about. It is like social host- cleansing on the part of the Conservative Party. Yeah, it's a hostile environment against your own citizens, which is just awful. For the purposes of either privatizing public goods or just messing with the figures to make your employment stats look a little bit better so you have nicer talking points for the papers. And we have um, record pe- working poor now. Pe- people that have jobs obviously uh, yes, but can't afford working. to leave them. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> working, not uh, obviously not permitted benefits for that reason, yeah. uh, but trapped in a, in, in a position where they can't sustain themselves on on the income that's available to them because... Mm-hmm. The sport just doesn't yeah. exist. You've got two this feeds children. Into the zero hours contracts problem. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. You've got two children in every five growing up in poverty. Yeah. That's, yeah, again, sick for, for now, the sixth largest economy in the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I think, I think we were the sixth, and because of Brexit, we slid down to the seventh. That's probably true. Yeah, I think it depends. Like, wherever you go, it's anywhere between, like, the fifth largest and the ninth largest. Kind of, like, depending on what you look at. Yeah. I mean, and, you know, to go back to just Ian Duncan Smith and just sort of the moral philosophy this guy was living in is, you know, uh, after one of the benefits claimants, you know, came up to the BBC and said, you know, I have 53 quid a week after housing to live on. Duncan Smith just said, yeah, that's fine. I can live on that. Yeah. No, you fucking can't, mate. Dun- Duncan Smith, who lives in his wife's parents' house free of charge. The man who and- said that he knew what it was like to be homeless because for a period when he was a newlywed, he briefly had to live in his wife's house, which is, of course, this mansion or uh, <laughs> castle fucking landed estate thing. Uh, the... Ooh. Yeah, I'm I'm having trouble even expressing what I feel about this man. Yeah, I mean, yeah, just, yeah, he's just, one of those ones where he'll die and bunting will go up. Yeah, I mean, for those of you following the math at home, fifty-three quid a week is seven pound fifty-seven a day, and that's just not for food. That's for your clothes. Mm. That's for your transport. That's for everything you do in life, except probably, you know, the leaky shelter your private mm. landlord is gouging you for. Yeah. Mm. Now you say that, but have you seen the stir fry? Yeah. Hey, that's only four quid a day. So, you know, you are sorted at that point. You've got 350 for breakfast and lunch and everything else. It's fine. Yeah. Oh. Hey, 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 hey. If you go to Lidl, you can buy a big sack of potatoes for a few quid and you can live on Rushdie every day. Yeah, and it's but fine and you it's have to go there it. at seven o'clock in the evening after they put them to reduce style because if you go before, it's just out of your budget. Live yeah. literally like the Irish people did when they were dying of the famine. How dare you have non-budget potatoes? You, what, you think you're a fucking pasha here with your non-discounted potatoes? What do I see here in your cupboard? Is it one hobnob? Ah, sir, can use less benefits, I think. <laughs> I, there we are, mice. Oh, always does my you can farm you the mice. From, you get this one from like well-meaning liberals as well. You know, why don't you just say, why don't you just budget a little tighter? You know, you could, you could be a bit smarter about 
how you spend because your money. you literally you cannot really get need, tiger do you really need to buy that tub of ben and jerry's do you really need to go out for 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 pipe those for sneakers do, but, do you need a phone do you need this thing that i take for granted do you need an enjoyable quality of any sort of life whatsoever yeah oh the idea that if you're poor you're not allowed to have any kind of fun <coughs> what is up with that it's the sort of thing that that these people imagine they could do do without, but won't absolutely will not put that to the test. I absolutely blame Protestantism for a lot of this because it, it's that it's that prosperity doctrine shit. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 if you if you have if you have money, God loves you, and if you don't have money, then clearly God hates you, and you should live on seven quid a day because it's fine. Yeah, and you should be miserable. It's this just world bullshit. Yeah. That's it. It's the just world fallacy because yeah. The world is essentially fair, so people who suffer must have done something to deserve it. Yeah. Clearly. The world's fair. I'm doing fantastically, which proves that. No, but and if if you if you are poor, you you um you are that way because you're a bad person mm. and therefore you should suffer. You yeah, that's it. very that's a very very Tory sentiment. That actually makes sense in this like capitalist world where people's value is based on productivity. Because if you are yeah, sick too. or disabled, you can't produce. So that means you are a bad person. Under yeah, those and it also means that you have no right to live in society because society is defined by your ability to produce. And if you can't produce, then you are technically not part of society, so we have no use for you. Goodbye. Oh, the joys. Mm. Production and consumption is... Yeah. Our identities are inherently tied into what we consume as well. People show their personalities by products, and everyone does it. I do it, you know. Um... Does anybody remember Stephen Crabb? No. Was that no. for three months? No, I actually don't. No, good. Yeah, no, 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 I, 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 Damien I Green, on the other think hand. Of him when I looked at the list. Yeah. Damien Green, on the other hand, a fine minister who was not at all sacked, sacked for being sexually inappropriate and then lying about it. Another fine gentleman. We're going down the list of DWP secretaries then? Yeah. Well, not all of them, just a few highlights here and there. Yeah, <laughs> David Gork, who we've seen, a, Gork, who we've seen a bit of him recently. He looks like Every villain from BBC's 90s sitcoms. <laughs> but also, you have to remember, he's now a national hero um, and, you know, a triumphant rebel against Brexit. Yeah, so yeah. we must all yeah, love him. Yeah, I'm sure, a real yeah. asset to the Lib Dems, to be sure. <sighs> and, you know, I'm sorry, you're going to be hearing that from me a lot. <laughs> <laughs> it's it that kind of topic. Yeah. Uh, just, and you have to remember that this man, whilst implementing universal credit and really making the lives of thousands of people absolutely living hell was also hundreds of thousands of hundreds people. of thousands was fiddling mm. his expenses and buying a second home even though he only lived an hour away i wonder if people on universal credit get the same leniency when they go to the job center it's only an hour away mm. so i'm sure they get a second home too mm -hmm. love to fiddle expenses while killing the poor <laughs> this was a coalition minister um, must have been Gork was 17 May. to 18 yeah oh. he was He was only yeah 17 to 18 so this was Theresa May too I mean really it's all informed by IDS IDS was in the spot from uh, 2010 2016 and it's basically just been a bunch of mm -hmm. 
interchangeable minions switched in since then. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Rad. I, IDS is, I mean, not quite patient zero, as we, we've discussed, but certainly the incubator who just fucking exploded on everybody. He's been he's been one of the primary driving forces behind this shit. Did uh, did uh, Tony Blair have any big uh, upheavals of the welfare system, or was it just sort of normalizing tax credits? Tony Blair introduced tax credits. And Yvette Cooper, she was at the DWP for a while, so obviously that had a great time. What do tax credits do? I don't make enough money to know. It was it was benefits without calling them benefits. Yeah, it, and right. it was better okay. because it was a tax. It was credit. literally, it, it was literally to make the dole more appealing to the middle class. Because the presumption on tax credit is, for one, is that you earn enough to pay significant taxes in order to get them back. Right. You're very, very Blair to just sort of effectively do a rebrand. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's uh, that's that's new labour in a nutshell there for you. Uh <laughs> <laughs> Pretty good. All right, so thank goodness they're the, all gone. Okay, so we've got the social cleansing. We've got the catch twenty two sort of hellscape. We've got the uh, just sheer um, the sort of corporate driven, the 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 corporate driven uh, uh, quest to make things easier for businesses and employers at all costs, no matter what <laughs> the consequences with the zeros contract, and that gives us the other beautiful. Um, outcome of the uk benefit system which is literally a form of indentured servitude oh, <sighs> which has had multiple court rulings against it it's called at least that's yeah something. It, it, it's still a thing isn't it right I'm, I'm not entirely familiar with the uk concept of workfare can somebody sort of give me a brief overview of what i think what they is? had to scale it back after the court order but i'm yeah. not sure but it's effectively uh menial jobs for I, I think it's j- the only pay was that it allowed you to qualify for the benefits that you were no, otherwise entitled was, to begin you were, you were there was a system where you were placed into a job that was often paying less than minimum wage right? and the government paid part of your wages <laughs> instead of the employer's and so they they got employees effectively for free, who were compelled to do this no matter what it was. Okay, I can't. I mean, I can't think of any other time when government sponsored indentured servitudes had a fantastic outcome. Uh, I don't want to go all Godwin on this. Well, it was. I mean, it was a riot, you know, <laughs> under the czars. No, it's literally still happening in Qatar. Yeah, that world cup stadium is literally So who can say if it's good or bad? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, they're holding it in a place where the heat might literally kill the teams playing it. It certainly killed most of the people building the damn stadium. That's true, and I'm sure we can talk about that when the tournament actually comes around. That'll be great. Uh, No, it's just it's 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 a valid comparison to what they. British government. Oh no, I'm being doing. serious. I'm I'm very much looking forward to like multiple episodes dedicated to the World Cup in Qatar when it comes mm. around. Because none of us are interested in the fucking football. Well. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm down with football, but I'm yeah. more down with slagging off FIFA. And 
Yeah, and maybe we should also spare a small moment for the inventions. And I can't remember if this already started on the Blair and Brown or if this was a Tory Lib Dem invention, which was to outsource the whole process because corporates would be more efficient in grinding the poor to dust. Oh, God, ah. I'd forgotten about that. Right, so so Workfare uh, is from the major government. Uh, the, they had a scheme they called Community Action, uh, which was then replaced with Project Work. Which was then replaced by New Labour's New Deal, Welfare to Work, or Active Labour Market Policies, which is a fantastic Blairite term. It's the end of it's the end of welfare as we know it. It's just pure Clintonism. Active Labour Market Policies, lovely. Um, So basically, some form of workfare has been going on since the early nineties. The specific Tory scheme that had the scandals. The help to work scheme with the uh, Tesco Pineland and the Argos uh, scandals that doesn't exist anymore, but there are still multiple schemes that sort of do this kind of thing uh, through different methods like uh, help to work, yeah. mandatory work activity, work program, community action program, um, work experience, steps to work. That's a Northern Irish one. Yeah. What? Steps to work actually is not forcing you. I can uh, I can speak from personal experience about this because my my housemate has been forced through this program. It is not actually forcing you to do unpaid labour. It is about forcing you to go and um actually my housemate and my sister when she was still living here had to do it as well. It is about sending you to a bunch of incredibly useless corporate speak seminars about getting jobs oh god and they send you in and they will do like mandatory government where they will make you go in and rewrite your resume according to the standards of whatever corporate overseer is in there it it forces you to attend the steps to work program is forcing you to attend a bunch of literally useless and completely aggravating meetings that go for hours. This is this and is they, the kind of stuff. Are useless. They give you no experience. It's all checklists of corporate buzzwords. My sister was once forced to make balloon animals. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Maybe she was getting a job as a clown. No, that was an actual thing because it was supposed to be te- it was supposed to be some sort of teaching moment in the biggest quotes you can possibly get but it was it was you had to make balloon animals and there was one thing about like like something to do with rearranging chairs so i've got a question if everybody's being taught to apply for a job in the exact same way how is anybody going to stand out to the point where they get hired out of this huge mass of people that's applying for jobs? Because nobody does. That's the thing. It's it not is com- meant to actually have a positive impact. I think yeah. so it's, it's not quite indentured servitude, but it's doing the other thing the Tories love, which is providing excuses and uh, pathways to give more money to their pals. Yeah. And more money to corporations. And to... Make sure that the pathways to work is that there's always an excuse. Ah, see, you know, Fargo's sister didn't make a good enough balloon animal, Aye, or yep. they didn't pay attention in CV class, so therefore it's not the fault of the overarching system, it is always the fault of the individual. And if you don't turn up to these, you get sanctioned. Obviously. Oh, of course. Um, does anyone remember the um, 
the the mini scandals and i say mini because relative to the big ones they were fairly mini where uh the private companies that had been uh contracted to provide help to work um courses and schemes for for job seekers a lot of them found that uh they made enough money if they just employed that the job seeker themselves <laughs> to sit in an empty room doing nothing for six months and then they collected ah. the, the, the big fat check or, or bonus for, from the government for having successfully found a job seeker employment and then they would sack that person because you, you, you had to have them in work for six months and then you got the check and companies I genuinely that, do not remember this no, but remember I that? do know that was a no a, a, a frequent thing I remember um, back during the uh, Cameron administration no I will I, I just I want to um, this does tie into a thing because this was a thing with employers here in Northern Ireland was um, again this partial wage subsidy I suppose you'd call it mm-hmm. a subsidy uh, because my dad had to go through that and it was he had a job and it was it was a good and stable job that could have gone on for years and everything um but as soon as the sub the subsidy was only offered for six months. And as soon as that subsidy ended and you the employers would have to pay even minimum wage, they would sack you and uh move on to the next one. And it was just a constant churn going round of the same few jobs. So just before we move on, because we've got to cover a couple more things, I just want to remind people that workfare, yeah. and especially to uh, potentially European or foreign listeners, or if you're if you're young enough to not remember the yeah. the early camera years entirely, um, workfare is was a system where literally unemployed people were given unpaid labor that they had to do to receive their benefits without which they would starve or, 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 or be homeless. Um, the justifications were, oh, it'll give you work experience or whatnot, but it was literally a situation where an unemployed person goes to the government and says, I'm unemployed, help me find a job. And the government says, go work in Tesco or go, go work in Pinelands or go work in Argos for no money, for no money, none at all. Just the benefits, just the unemployment tick. And of course, what happened? A lot of sh- a, a lot of employers started getting free workers in. Decide, well, maybe I don't need to uh, keep all these other people employed anymore. So they would fire their employees, who would then end up at the local job center, being sent on workfare, sometimes to the very same employers that had just fired them. <laughs> that happened numerous times with Poundland. I remember uh, someone who got fired from a Poundland would be sent to do workfare at the Poundland that had just fired them. I knew there was a remember, reason I remembered them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was that was the big one. We were all really mad about it. Um, but yeah, so workfare, part of the way the UK government uses unemployment and the benefit system to exploit the most vulnerable in society for an even bigger profit line uh, at the corporate level. Yeah. Uh, it's great. It's, it's but... Right. It's literally evil. Deep, yeah. Deep breath, everyone. It's not completely shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, there yeah, are ways the to fight the system. Is, we're going yeah. way off brand here. Way off brand, but 
Do you know what I mean? <laughs> the podcast of hope. Yeah. <laughs> the whole point of the 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 assessment process being so so shit and so so bad is that it's designed to grind you down. What is it? Seventy percent of appeals. Yeah, that's that right. The vast majority of appeals to the benefit system decisions get uh, upheld, which means that the vast majority of 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 decisions that the sanctioned people make are wrong and they're meant to be wrong. If someone else was doing that badly a job, they'd be out of work, but this is the system working as intended. So the point there, of course, is how do you beat it? You just don't give up. And there are support methods in place for why you're doing this. Would uh, someone like to, to tell us about these? Yeah. I've luckily, I've never been in a position where I've needed to use these. The, the answer is simple, is you have to be more stubborn than they are. And it's sad and it's horrible, but you, you have to do it. And you, because it is deliberately designed to make you give up. It's there to make you lose hope. It's there to make you give up. It's there to ruin your life and you have to push through it. And they will, they will make you miserable and they will ask questions about the most horrible things in your life and make you live through or re, live through and relive your toughest experiences. Uh, and I'm saying this from personal experience because um, I was, I have been on benefits my entire life. I wasn't even able to finish secondary school. I... I dropped out of school at 15 because of how severe my mental health issues are. And the when I first got benefits, it was still under the old labour system, which was, you know, at least, I'll say it, it had a lot of problems, but it was at least pretty decent about treating disabled people with a certain degree of dignity. Yeah. And they would... Like, if you got, if you had a serious lifetime disability, they would give you a lifetime disability award. And, you know, that's what I was given when I was 16. That's it. They say you can't reasonably be expected to uh, work, to do anything beyond, yeah. Ever. And, yeah, and they gave me that lifetime award. And that was. If not the first thing, one of the first things that the Cameron coalition government scrapped. Mm-hmm. Can I just ask, how much did they give you? Like, was it a reasonable amount to live on? It, it, it was a reasonable amount, yes. It was a reasonable amount. Now, I still get um, what I would consider a reasonable amount for myself in my circumstances. Um, but that's because I have literally the highest rate possible in the system and that is not awarded to hardly anyone and i think the only reason that i am able to get that rate is because i was on the high rates in the old system and they they um the northern ireland benefit system they when they were transferring over they said it's less hassle for us if we just say this to you because um i've had to go through 
when they, they, they said the lifetime award, I had to go through multiple reassessments for the different benefits when they all changed. And that is, that is a harrowing process. Yeah, let's just remind people that the people carrying out the assessments for whether you are medically fit to work are not medical professionals. They don't take into account what your GP or your doctor says. They're, 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 they're private contractors. It's, it's outsourced. And they, it claims yeah. on the form that they do, but they don't. They clearly don't. Yeah. Yeah. They will just take a look at you on the day and judge you based on one hour as opposed to yeah. you know, your GP or your therapist who you've been working with for you know, probably years of your life. And the, yeah. and the questions was... are phrased in such a way as to explicitly make you state things like, I can do X unsupported, whereas in reality, if you go through all the steps, you can't. Yeah, it, it, is, it, it used to be based on... It used to take into account medical professional stuff. Again, Cameron got rid of that. Mm-hmm. The outsourcing. Would it be, as a as a frame of reference, not to send someone down a YouTube rabbit hole looking for this secret, that that video or this video or whatever? Would it be fair to say that the um, uh, I Daniel Blake portrayal is accurate? I have not seen the film simply because I could not cope with that. It, it probably would depress you to shit. I yeah. No, yeah, I, no, no, I, I, no not, not depress me. Did you? I, I literally cannot cope with that. My own experiences with the benefit system have been too upsetting for me to deal with seeing that film. I cannot do it. That's fair. You've already lived it, so you don't uh, need yes. to like see that I, story on I, film. I, no. Yes, and the only way, like for someone with severe mental health issues like I have, the only way that you will get any kind of award at all is to exaggerate and play it up in the forms. Because the forms are specifically weighted against people with mental health issues. It is all weighted very much in favour of um, higher rates only being awarded to people with physical disabilities. Yeah, let's just um take a breath for a second because we have a document in progress in 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 progress being written by uh an acquaintance of ours um he wanted to credit himself as ferrisol from the something awful forums friend of the show Absolutely. absolutely friend of the show we'll be linking it in the podcast description we'll be tweeting it out as well um once it's done um which is meant to be some uh, a guide or a, a bunch of advice on how to deal with the assessment process and going through the DWP. It's 12 uh, pages but, long and he's not even done yet. Pages, so it, it's very detailed. Uh, um, but yeah, would uh, so we've got some people, uh, well, most of you uh, have had experiences with um, the DWP before. Would uh, someone like to take us through some of the main kind of bullet points and what to look out for. Right, let me let me skim through it here. Um the um if you oh yes, if you can get an at-home assessment for this and it's not off, it's not too likely that you will. If you can get an at-home assessment, do it. Mm-hmm. Because that is that will already weight things a bit more in your favor 
Because that's what I did. Because my housemate, who is epileptic, mm-hmm. and he can't drive, and he has had multiple jobs offers and things that he has been able to take or has been turned down for because of his epilepsy. Mm-hmm. He was turned down for PIP, uh, which is uh, personal independence payments, which is mm-hmm. the new system that has replaced the old system, which was known as Disability Living Alliance. He was turned down for PIPs because he turned up to an inter- he turned up to the assessment at their office and was able to answer the questions without any difficulty. Mm-hmm. That's amazingly, uh, Yasarian is the name. That's it. It's a catch twenty two thing completely. Um, yeah, and that's what they do, and that's again, that's a huge part of why the appeals process thing is. But the appeals process is long. It mm-hmm. takes a long time, and you do not get any benefits during the appeals process. Mm-hmm. You will not get any award until after the appeals process is concluded, and it is designed specifically to uh, turn people down, only give them benefits on appeal, but make it so difficult to appeal that most people don't even bother, and then we have to, oh, look, we have to pay out less, even if we had to spend a whole load on court mm-hmm. fees. There'll never yeah. be any benefit of the doubt. No, yeah. no, no, never. So... When you go to your assessment, uh, yes. I believe the advice given is that you, you describe your worst day to them. Yeah. Yes. You... Always, always, always um, describe things at their absolute worst. That's what I had to do with my interview. When, and I had, I had someone come to the house and I had to have my mother come in with me and support me because whenever the assessor left my house... I was so upset and so shaky, I couldn't get off my chair to see her to the door. Mm. So, right, if you do get sanctioned, though, mm. there's stuff you can do to alleviate it. You can, uh, There's things you can do to, to, to make the stress a little bit easier on you. Is that right? It's it's not something I can personally speak to because I'm already so bad at managing stress. If someone else would like yeah. to take this one, this I is um, yeah stuff that we uh, picked up from the document um, advice from Ferrisol. Um So if you get sanctioned, um, if you get housing benefit and council tax support, you can get in touch with them, and they should be able to up your rates for a while to kind of help alleviate the pressures from that um there are food banks there are food banks all over the country these days um but most of them will only um take you if you've kind of got a referral from a gp or some kind of welfare support um but some of them will be self-referral as well um there may be extra benefits that you are entitled to um if you go to the citizens advice bureau that's always like the number one bit of advice go to the they really are excellent yeah go to the Um, cab always go to the cab if in doubt yeah and if you are lucky enough to live in an area with a nice good um labor mp or an uh, scottish national mp green mp uh maybe a lib dem mp probably not um you can contact your mp as well about the situation and they can hopefully take you on to their caseload and they can kind of work the system that way as well um can can i can i ask a question yes 
What's um, how does it work if you need legal support? Like if you need a, a lawyer or a barrister or somebody to you know write letters think, of that nature. I think the CAB does some of that. I, I've had a bit of experience with that. Yeah, not really directly related to unemployment, but um, I have sought advice from. Uh, about pursuing things. It didn't actually proceed to small claims court. It was over a uh, housing deposit that I wasn't getting back. Uh, but they sort of, they have uh, lawyers come in certain days. So if you go go talk to them, they'll, they'll schedule something with them. If they if, if one's available, perhaps you'll have to go to another office or something. In my, in my experience, that, that there was one available at the office. So if you went on the right day, so, so they'll book you in and, and you, you can speak to them. Uh, and they, they'll guide you f- through what process you need to do, what your rights are, uh, without having to take on your own lawyer, uh, guide you through things like writing document, uh, writing letters to relevant parties. So I, I was shown how to write a letter um, indicating here's what what you owe to me. Uh, I'm giving you a time frame to do it. If it doesn't come to this time, if you don't pay it within that time frame, I'm going to proceed to take this to a small claims court. And, Something I would want to, to mention is um, if you are going to be going on benefits uh, and so forth, this is it will require a you need to be prepared to make a drastic change of lifestyle. Because if you if you've had a steady job before that that's paying a reasonable wage, you will not have that kind of income under any circumstances in the benefit system and if you for like traveling and things if you're if you're someone who travels a lot or everything that's not going to happen anymore and you need to prepare yourself for it Mm -hmm. because otherwise it'll make things so much worse yeah but you can it it's it's not a death sentence no it's not a death sentence i i'm I'm in my circumstances. I'm quite comfortable and happy. I'm actually very proud of myself because I've managed to move away from my family and have my own house that that I live in and I'm able to do. I remember this reminds us, but I'm also I'm someone who I don't travel much and I you know I give if if you're someone who's interested in fashion or travel or or these things or goes out a lot it's you will have to pare that down and you will have to get used to that Mm -hmm. because it's good for me because i'm i need a very quiet life with my uh, autism issues and it's just for someone who someone who hasn't been in that situation because i've i've met people who have been and the the sudden shock of how drastic the change is has put people I've seen people get very very depressed mm-hmm. because of how drastic yeah. the changes are Yeah, because they didn't know it was coming uh, and you uh, just prepare yourself for that. That's of course exactly that, what they want you to feel. They want you to, to, to yes, exactly. reject it and give up. Because a lot of people yes. still think that you know, the DWP is there to look after you. They don't realise that you know, they've got this adversarial relationship with the people mm-hmm. who they give benefits to. That's what causes yeah. that effect. Yeah, yeah they've yeah. got their targets to meet. Uh, one thing I'd like to bring up regarding uh, yeah, mental health and depression is uh, when you're 
uh, unemployed or, or on benefits, you are uh, entitled to steeply discover, I believe, free prescriptions. Uh, and uh, if, if you feel concerned about your mental health, you should consult a GP, yes. Uh, yes. See, see how you're getting on, and if uh, if it's something that might need to be treated medically. Yeah, and you can access um, therapy and counselling and other kind of mental health support treatments through your local kind of NHS trust as well. Yeah, uh, um, you can. It will but, be shit. It will but, take time, but it is possible. It's yeah, not necessarily not. going to be shit. It will take a very long time. Yeah, yeah I was um, waiting about. I think it was two, three months. Yeah. Um, I was I was in work and, and so paid for it. It's it's done on a, a scale. So if you're unemployed, I think you can do it either for a, a, a nominal donation, possibly free, uh, and it'll scale up depending yeah. on your income. Well, they'll advise you to pay a given amount. I think that that will change depending on the trust you're in because every trust works separately. Yeah. Um, I work in mental health. I work with my local um, NHS mental health trust. Mm. Um, so yeah, it will depend on your area exactly the specifics of the situation. Sure. Okay, yeah, I, I, I'm uh, my, my experience was with uh, Mind in uh, the Croydon branch of Mind. Mm. So I would I, I know Mind is elsewhere in the country. So I imagine it's uh, a similar. Uh, Here in Northern Ireland, the waiting list is generally um, eight months to a year or more. Wow. Yeah, it, it de- that's not yeah too far off where I'm at. Depending on your availability, if you can be available during the daytime, it does go a lot faster. Yeah. If you need like outside work hours, then yeah. The important thing to remember is that if you fight it, you will win. Almost certain. Yes. If you fight it, you will win, and you can beat them, and there is a support system around you that you can use and that you can rely on. And if you need help that you don't feel you can get, please do reach out. Uh, The internet is big. There's a lot of us on there, and we do all care about each other, despite what it might look like sometimes. (laughs) If all else fails, come and ask us. (laughs) That's very, very last, very last instance, but you can always do it. Yeah, please don't do it yeah. first thing. Right? Yeah, please we're, we're not the experts. There are better people. <laughs> we do have our own shit. Yeah. Uh, but if all but else it... fails, reach out. If not to us, reach out to someone because someone is all well not always but chances are someone will be there to to hear you and to yeah. listen. So yeah. maybe hopeful. we should throw Keep out the fighting. Samaritans phone number at this point. Might be uh, worth it. Yeah, does someone have it yeah. on hand? One one six one two three. Yes, that that's good advice. My 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 dad used to volunteer for them, so I can personally say yes, that will be helpful if you're in a in a yeah. difficult situation. But but we should spend at least a small moment on you know talking about what is better and what is possible, and you know what are the alternatives to this current you know unbearable hellscape that so many people are trapped in. Yes, please do, because don't be dicks. That's a big part of it. Yeah. Don't be horrible. Don't be horrible. Um, Don't be dicks. Assume that, you know, everybody's a human being. Assume that they have rights. Right. They are fully, you know, full human beings and all with, with sensitivities and individual issues. And, you know, and also never, ever forget that the United Kingdom and so many parts of this world where this kind of shit is currently going on are extraordinary wealthy societies where extraordinary things are possible 
if the political and the social will is there to do it. And I think we are cutting this episode a bit long anyway, but I think we should mention at least briefly the concept of having a universal basic income as at least a floor underneath this that is available mm. to everybody that is granted without a cavalcade of nonsense, without all these tests and interviews and tribunals that you've just been listening to. Um, that is incredibly important. And obviously that we are all awaiting the introduction mm. of fully automated luxury gay space communism, <laughs> which as we all know is just around the corner. Uh, once we've, one, yeah. yeah, once we're <laughs> past the, uh, you know, dictatorship of the proletariat, then it was fully in there. <laughs> I have some issues with UBI, but I think we'll be getting into that properly in a in a in a in a, in a fully dedicated episode later on. Yeah, as, okay. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. interesting. Yeah, yeah there's definitely better there, ways of doing it than UBI, but it's yeah, it's yeah. it's worth discussing because there's it's, things it's, you can draw worth- out of it. What, I mean, one of the strong arguments for it is that it's, be, but it's simple, that the, yeah. the yeah. cost of implementation, given that everyone is the same, uh, obviously, that there's you're not gauging anything, you're not assessing anything, uh, you're not enforcing anything. So it's part of the appeal is that it is straightforward and that it gives everyone... A, a, a basic level of support. I all right, hold on, save it for the full episode, man. Jeez. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. <laughs> yeah, right. I, I just um, haven't said anything for a while. Yeah, yeah. no. Yeah. I mean, I've just, this has been a bit of a heavy episode. We've tried to keep things as yeah. light as possible. Uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, as a rule, podcast lengths do creep up. Yeah. Um, yeah. I yeah. think, shall we finish it off with. With uh, a round of our very own special game show? Yes, please. Oh, God. Yeah. Wait, which, I was hoping you'd forgotten. I have not forgotten because I cannot forget because, you know, our master and overlord uh, sanitary nap time, uh, you know, has provided me with today's round because he's just doing the the backup today. Um, for those away. of you tuning in for the first time, this is our game show wherein we are, wherein I, this time, shall read a few statements and ask our my fellow podcasters, was this written by a comment beneath the line or was it written by the commentariat? Was it written by somebody who's being paid to write a lot of money for crap columns? <laughs> so, so is it a journal or is it a commentator? Exactly. Is it a comment? Well, is it sorry. a full-time commentator, a commentator yeah. or is it just a random person below the line? Yeah. And Either way, they're an asshole. <laughs> they are. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, Probably <laughs> they we wouldn't be reading them out if it wasn't the case. In no, our and, and right. for this for this episode, you'll all be I won't say happy to hear, but there may be some screaming involved. They they're all centered around the theme of today's episode, so benefits oh, and disability. God. Oh, 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 oh this will be. F- oh, who is ready oh. for question number one? No, I mean no. no. <laughs> Well, we're doing it anyway, because this is, you know, the way we do. This is how we get our benefit. <laughs> yeah, this is... <laughs> we'll get sanctions otherwise. Yeah. All right, here we go. Round one. We are asked to believe that people who claim this incapacity benefit are all upstanding citizens who would love nothing more than to work and, honest, and earn an honest living if only they were able-bodied. Forcing them, forcing them to undergo a work capability assessment is a needless humiliation from a sadistic Tory government. In fact... After these tests were introduced, 265,000 ex- existing claimants and nearly a million new applicants were found to be fit for work. Comments or commentary? That's got to be commentary. I, I, I want you to actually, like, this person died. I'm like, 
actually, like, maybe we could kill them in a blood sacrifice to bring one of the people <laughs> who um, was killed by the system back. I yes. think this uh, is I'm, a I mean, I'm, I'm afraid that the person writing this um, would be rejected by the Dark Gods, but we can always try. <laughs> I think this is a journalist. That, that, that sounded a bit numerical, a bit sort of statistical analysis kind of thing. With yeah. just oh, it's probably the right the dash telegraph. of moralizing sort of thrown in there. All I, right, may I have your final answers, please? I hear one for co- a commentariat. I'm down for commentariat as well. Commentariat. Yeah, yeah commentariat. That sounds yeah, like Hodge or Young. That's four yeah. or four, and you are all correct. Would you like yeah. to know who it was? Yes. Who oh, was God. It, it was everybody's favorite balding dickhead, Toby Young, writing in the Daily oh, Mail, reviewing I Daniel you're, you're being charitable to say balding. Yeah, sorry, just I... <laughs> he has got a lot of forehead. Oh. Yeah, I know. Well, it's, it's, it was a coin flip of whether it was going to be the Mail or the Telegraph. Yeah. Uh, would you like to have round two? Yes, yes, please. Round two. Um, oh no, this is actually not benefits related. It is. Oh, okay. <clears throat> For far too long, our parliament has been paralyzed by the extremes. Enough is enough. We must now break the deadlock. It's time oh. to rediscover the lost art of compromise. Oh, it's my Is that Jess Phillips? <laughs> Sorry. Can you read okay. the first line again. For far too long, our parliament has been paralyzed by the extremes. Enough is enough. Um, that's pretty short. That could be a comment, but it also sounds like every single Guardian columnist for the past three years. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's just an AI script writing most now. Well, I'm not. I'm not I saying if it, it's below I... or beneath, uh, 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 you know, under or above the line. I am saying it does come from the Guardian. It, it does come from the Guardian. I'm gonna say commentary. It is. It is absolutely a comment. That's somebody is just copy pasting Mike Gapes's <laughs> rant from Parliament. Okay, so what are we saying? Who's yeah. who's doing what? Uh, comment for me. I say I'll commentariat. Say, I'll say commenter. So we've got two comments. Natalie, two where are you? Uh, yeah, I said comment. Comment. It's two on two. Unfortunately, it was the commentariat. It was oh, Stephen yeah. Kinnock, of course. Oh, oh. two? two? Alright, <laughs> I was really close with games. I, I, yeah, I said it was a politician, which is the same. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Um, yeah, and then let's do another Brexit one while we're at it. With Parliament oh, unashamed, <laughs> I know, I know, you're all on tenterhooks. With Parliament unashamedly pro-Remain, it's hard to believe that they've been doing anything other than obstructing and frustrating the known will of the people. It's not an ideal situation, but if Parliament can't find a way to deliver on the referendum uh, that they passed an act to enable, then what is to be done? How shall we ever be taken seriously again if they are going to order a referendum for which they have already made their minds up? That's a comment. I think that's, that's a comment. Absolutely probably a comment. By yeah, that sort of just go, sort of didn't really go anywhere. I think yeah. that's yeah, I think that's Plus, a comment. That's I think yeah. the, the will of the people, the way it was dropped in, was just far too much a blind Twitter rant. Yeah, that was actually was you are all right, action. and it is a comment. I'll do you one further. That was a comment with an England flag somewhere in the username or the avatar and <laughs> capitalization all over the place. Unfortunately, I've not been provided by that information, but I think that is correct. It's and I okay. think you're also it's sacked true. from the shadow you know cabinet. In your heart. You know when you're done. I That's think exactly it was too it coherent like. for the random capitalization. 
Maybe, but <laughs> it wasn't frothy enough. <laughs> uh, I like my comments with froth. <laughs> All right, who wants to? Uh, shall we have the last one of the of the night? Yeah, go, yeah, on. go on. Yeah. Well, what if we said no? <laughs> well, I'd still Tough. give it to you because you know, if I have to read all this, so do you, and so does everybody <laughs> listening to this. I like this game. If if you all said no, just be me here playing it, which would be fine. No, it's a, it's a great USB for the for the for the podcast. It's it's we we suffer for it. And it is a doozy. It is a good one. We're back on our theme. We're closing this one with the theme of the night. Um, here, and here it goes. And, you know, um, I will try to not scream while reading this. Why is obe- <laughs> I make no promises! <laughs> Why is obesity strongly linked to poverty? And this is in quotation marks, oh. the word poverty. Why is smoking <laughs> at eight quid a pack also li- linked to poverty? Why should money be taken from hardworking families to subsidize far too many who are terminally feckless? The strongest supporters of benefit controls are those who see their earnings frittered away on layabouts while they themselves struggle in minimum wage jobs. I think I've read this. I think it's Uh, the spectator. I mean, it is. I think it's Toby Young. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I want to know where they're getting cigarettes for only eight quid a pack. That's a good question too. I think I've seen this article. I'm going to say commentariat. Yeah, it sounds Comment- like James Dellingpole or some other shit like that. Oh, it's it's absolutely commentariat. It's it's coming yeah. from somebody with too much money to be writing newspaper comments. Everybody in on commentariat then? Yep. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Unfortunately, it comes from below the line, but you may redeem yourself. You may redeem yourself with a bonus round. Which publication was it? Okay, below the line... Uh, Daily Express. I'm going to say the mail. No, 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 no. It'll be... It's got to be... It's got to be... What do you call it? The... um, The Metro. (laughs) <laughs> unfortunately only some of you called it correct it was indeed the daily mail oh yeah i've turned it around <laughs> was dead last last time <laughs> jesus yeah, well. christ um. well i'd like to at least you know give a shout out to our master at the uh, controls uh, for giving us these wonderful examples of you know, opinion rolling around the British Isles these days. Uh, thanks to David for uh, being here in an editorial capacity, even though he hasn't uh, hasn't participated. Um, Before we sign cool. off, we forgot to do our Twitter handles at the beginning. So if any of you are on Twitter, you should probably say that now. Yeah, I'm on Twitter, but I've got a boring profile, so you can just click the link. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. gave up Twitter for my for mental health reasons. I literally couldn't keep doing it anymore i i'm uh xj more xjmaw uh i mostly just bait the libs to be honest uh yeah, yeah. maybe maybe i'll say something interesting about video games that's i'm i'm uh, i'm at klezmer rouge that's the music style and the uh, color uh and i just do retweets because i can't be arsed and I just lurk around on Twitter, so I'm not important enough to follow. Yeah. I don't have a Twitter po- profile because I just can't give a shit. Yeah, that works well, too. Yeah, I think <laughs> you and Fargo are the wisest among us. All right. Hmm. Is there anything else anybody wants to say, plug, uh, recommend, do? I think uh, I think that's been a pretty hefty episode. I think it's been some good content there. Thank you all for participating. 
Thank you. I'm looking forward to hearing it to go live, and uh, we'll catch you all next time. Thanks so much for listening, people. We're sorry. Goodbye, everyone. Bye. Bye.